0: He must have either gotten drunk or decided a nerd in Cabbage Rose print was just the jolt his column needed, because within two days, I came home to a message on my answering machine that said, it's Richard Johnson at the Post. Give me a call. I have good news for you. It absolutely was. On my first day, I walked into the Post newsroom, a wide space filled with row after row of desks, manned by reporters shouting to each other while a steady clatter of clicking keyboards mixed with the crackle of a police scanner. It was every scene from every one of my favorite journalism movies and shows. It was all the president's men, and the paper, and Lou Grant, and that one season of The Wire, come to life. I silently thanked the New Yorker publisher who had rejected me, and the Condé Nast human resources head who had never returned my calls, because now, here, surrounded by people in jeans and T-shirts literally running down the halls after the next story, I realized I was exactly where I was supposed to be. That feeling only grew once I met my new coworkers. As the head of the column, Richard was assisted by a team of three that now meant me as the most junior member, plus a rotating staff of freelancers headed up by Jared Paul Stern, who was famous, or infamous, for frequently wearing a fedora pocket square, and three-piece suits in his early 20s. I'm not kidding. He constantly looked like he'd just walked out of the pages of The Great Gatsby. The column staff was rounded out by the senior reporter under Richard, Jeannie McIntosh. She was feisty and well-sourced, someone who could coax anyone into revealing their darkest secret, and then grant her permission to print that secret for millions to read. Fair-skinned and blonde— Jeanie was a single mom in her mid-thirties, fond of wearing faux leather pants and pale, flesh-toned lipstick. It was the nineties, she was hardly alone, who could wolf down Wendy's for lunch without gaining a pound. She quickly took on a big sister role, complete with a sense of protectiveness toward me and moments of mostly good-natured tension. Our desks were adjacent, and on more than one occasion she had to endure listening to me on the phone squabbling with my boyfriend du or worse, just generally dissolving into a fit of whiny, narcissistic navel-gazing. Richard, meanwhile, was my first real boss. As first bosses go, he was practically perfect, operating with equal parts parental guidance and benign neglect, admonishing me if I'd straggled in too late after a night at some premiere, but never questioning which events I was covering or why, and believing in me when I'd suggest leads that might be worth tracking down further. To be clear, I was far from an ace investigative journalist. I loved being part of a newsroom, but it was obvious to me that there was a certain type of person who was thrilled to get a call at 2 a.m. alerting them to a plane crash in Long Island that needed to be covered, and I was not that person. Luckily, at page six, very little chasing was necessary. People were desperate to be in the column, and just as many were desperate to call us up confidentially, and reveal what they knew, whom they'd seen canoodling, a page six term for hooking up that has since become widely used, and which marriage was about to implode. This is one of the biggest things I learned during my time at page six. If you want a secret kept, tell it to absolutely no one. As Benjamin Franklin said, three can keep a secret if two are dead. Tell even one person, just one, something that you want kept quiet, and here's a guarantee. It will spread. Sooner or later, anyone who knows anything about someone else is unable to resist sharing it with a third party. Once the first domino falls, it's only a matter of time before you reach someone with loose lips. At page six, half the job was simply picking up the phone when that last domino decided to call. It was a thrill, of course, to see what doors the words Page Six would open in New York City. It was still before TMZ blanketed the world with their unique blend of paparazzi photos and gossip, and even before camera phones, so that type of pushy invasiveness was never a part of how Jeannie, Richard, and I worked. As much as someone could be nice while trying to dig up dirt on you, we were. Mostly, I spent hours at parties and clubs at premieres and the gatherings that followed, keeping my eyes and ears open for anything interesting. Sometimes a celebrity would drunkenly make out with another celebrity. That passed for headline news in our world, in which Leonardo DiCaprio...